0: you're watching global bc this is global news hour at six good evening and thanks for joining us well it sounds like a hollywood movie thousands of dollars in drugs dropped over a prison wall by a drone but it happened in abbotsford and even though it was intercepted guards are worried about what else could be flying over the fence
1: john why explains Drone delivery seems to be taking off in British Columbia. But no one expected the first clientele to be convicts at a federal prison.
2: Inmates and their friends will go to any means possible to get contraband.
1: Someone going to great heights to make a drop at Masque Institution in Abbotsford. But the December 23rd delivery landing in the wrong or right hands, depending how you look at it. Correctional Service Canada credits vigilant staff for intercepting the contraband that was dropped off at the medium security prison. The institutional value of the drugs and tobacco, more than $26,000.
3: We've always
2: had drugs and contraband in our jails, it's always an issue, it's always a problem, uh, and it makes our jobs very difficult, that's for sure.
1: While it was a federal prison in this drone's flight path, a growing trend has them buzzing around BC correctional centres too. The union representing those guards worried a gun could be shipped next.
2: We find homemade fashion weapons all the time, shanks and shivs. Drones are no different. I think they have the capability to
1: drop and hold up to five pounds, so that's a big concern. So we're seeing a live view that's uh, high definition. In fact, drone experts say larger models can carry up to 20 pounds. Advances in technology making them quieter, even able to fly further. Signal capability with the remote can be up to about five to seven kilometers. So obviously you can fly quite a ways away. With similar attempts being spotted in prison yards around the world, and companies even specializing in keeping them out of correctional institutions, it seems like drones have a new role as motorized mules. With any kind of new evolving technology, there's always going to be people that are going to use it for bad. Correction staff hoping for a declared no-fly zone around both provincial and federal prisons. Because having to keep a close eye on what can be dangerous grounds is more than enough. John Hua, Global News.
0: A brief court appearance today for the man accused of killing Abbotsford Police Constable John Davidson. 65-year-old Oscar Arfman is charged with first-degree murder in connection with the shootout that killed Constable Davidson last November. Today, Arfman was remanded back into custody and it was decided the proceedings will move to Chilliwack where a date for trial will be set on February 26th. Unlicensed marijuana vendors selling their wares along a section of Robson Street are raising some serious questions tonight. Their numbers swell on the weekend when it turns into a makeshift cannabis market. It's obviously illegal, but aside from keeping an eye on things, the police and the city have done little to stop it. Aaron MacArthur
4: tried to find out why. You want to sell shawarma on the streets of Vancouver? You need a business list. to say, a pot brownie, there are no rules. And at an open air market on Robson Square, the pot sellers can sometime take up the whole block. Well, over a year
2: and a half that I know of, for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's important to get the medicine to people that can, that really need it.
4: You don't need <clears throat> do The city and the VPD, well aware of the drug market, bylaw officers stop by regularly to hand out tickets. But that's about it.
5: What is it? Phoenix Tears. What's Simpson here? Sends cancer into remission. Yes, it helps. It cured my cancer.
4: Pot sellers often don't pay the fines. And so far it seems like there isn't political will to do anything else.
3: Obviously there are a myriad of issues related to uh, marijuana. It's been a really tough issue for us to manage.
4: The VPD also has options, but has so far chosen not to intervene.
3: (laughs) We're looking at ways of dealing
0: with this and from a police perspective uh, uh, we are aware of what's going
6: on there.
2: We ask for ID if we think they're underage of course that's our biggest fear is minors we uh, that's very uh, something not something we want to uh, push.
4: Illegal products being sold without a license, food being sold without proper health inspection both issues that would shut down any legitimate business in a heartbeat. Yet the pot market flourishes right under the noses of everyone who could possibly shut them down. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
0: When you see the money to be made, it's no wonder it is definitely big business. And later on the news hour, the growing opportunity showcased at Canada's biggest cannabis trade show this weekend in Vancouver. A senior who suffered a head injury during an altercation outside the Costco in downtown Vancouver has now died. It happened December 20th. A 57-year-old suspect has been identified, but so far has not been charged. Police are continuing their investigation. Anyone who may have witnessed the incident is being asked to contact investigators. A difficult day for a lot of people in Victoria, where family, friends, and members of the community gathered to remember two little girls found murdered on Christmas Day. Jordan Armstrong has more on the service for 6-year-old Chloe and 4-year-old Aubrey Berry and how the tragedy has changed the community.
7: Many of the hundreds of mourners were children, gathered to remember their two classmates, Chloe and Aubrey Berry. Little girls with big personalities, who last month played angels in their school's Christmas play.
5: Aubrey and Chloe were, were very joyful, happy girls, and they brought joy to so many
7: of us but most of all to their mother, Sarah Cotton, pictured here with her daughters in October, just two months before their lives ended tragically in their father's apartment.
3: She's showing remarkable um, courage and grace and dignity in this circumstance, which is sort of beyond comprehension for most of us.
7: People filed into Victoria's Christchurch Cathedral wearing polka dot ribbons with the sisters' favorite colors. Inside, Chloe's grade one teacher spoke of a six-year-old with a big heart who loved books and had a beautiful smile. Aubrey, a relative said, was her mother's little pixie, a fun-loving four-year-old who made sure everyone was included their deaths, prompting an outpouring of grief from the community. Two weeks ago, more than 2,000 people gathered on the shores of Willows Beach for a candlelight vigil.
8: In a lot of ways, it's brought us closer together as a community, but it's in such a horrific, because of such a horrific reason that that makes it much more difficult.
7: The father, 43-year-old Andrew Berry, remains in custody, charged with second-degree murder. Chloe and Aubrey were caught up in an ugly custody battle. The Ministry of Children and Family Development was involved. With a judge ruling, the father is a loving father who has much to offer his daughters. Friends hoping the girls will be remembered not by how they died, but by the joy they brought to so many lives
3: hard on a day like today to remember that ultimately they were kids. And this is such a somber occasion, but I mean, we only remember the happy times.
7: Jordan Armstrong, Global News.
0: Scouts in Burnaby are adding up the losses after an early morning fire. <laughs> Flames seen from the roof of the building on Deer Lake Avenue just after 5 o'clock this morning. The Heritage building is used to store the group's outdoor equipment, estimated at more than $500,000. A
2: few thousand pieces of equipment, a uh, large inventory of equipment in tents and shelters and, and uh, program equipment. We've got events coming up over the next few weeks um, that have already booked gear that in here that we're going to have to find some solution to that. We've
0: Total loss is not yet known as they haven't been able to get into the building. Anyone wanting to help is advised to check the Scouts Canada website. The worst may not be over for the Fraser Valley. A winter storm warning including hazardous conditions remains in effect tonight for some areas. Our Jill Bennett is on Weather Watch again tonight. Jill, how are people dealing with it out that way tonight?
9: Well, Chris, piles of snow everywhere where people have been shoveling and digging their way out. A lot milder here tonight compared to 24 hours ago, but residents here say with more freezing rain in the forecast, they've had enough. Fraser Valley residents are digging out uh, during a bit of calm between winter blasts.
1: Afternoon because it's uh, mild. Right. It's warm, right? Things are starting to melt. Ah!
9: That's one of the more optimistic ways of looking at it. Less than 24 hours earlier, this was the scene on Highway 1 when freezing rain hit the area, leaving roads slippery and visibility low. City crews have been working around the clock, going through more than 500 tons of salt since Thursday.
10: All we can do is spread salt sand
6: and wait for the melt to start happening.
9: The well-known phrase about neither rain nor sleet nor gloom of night refers to the U.S. postal system. But in Chilliwack, you could add snow to the list. No match for this carrier, although others are finding it difficult. The rural areas like Greendale, East Chilliwack, Rosedale, um, they just can't. They can't get up near their mailboxes at the end of the driveways because the snow pile puts the snow really high up. The extreme weather forced the closure of all Chilliwack schools Friday, but it also gave the kids something fun to do during their impromptu long weekend.
6: Um, uh, probably sledding. sledding. How was that? It good,
9: was good. Children enjoy it, but many residents say not even halfway through January, there's already been too much
11: winter.
7: Terrible. because we have to shovel snow
11: no no more winter weather (laughs) it's scary because i'm a senior
9: and i have to clean my own stairs and walkway tough if you're trying to get around but not too bad if you have time to stop and take in the view now on the bright side, compared to the ice storms that hit just a couple of weeks ago, there haven't been the power outages at that point, Tens of thousands of people without power. However, hydro crews are right now responding to an outage affecting about 440 customers and that one touching in parts of the valley in Langley. Hydro crews saying that it could have been caused by a mud or snow slide. Chris?
0: Jill, thanks very much, and let's hope we don't see more of that tonight. Meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us with a look at why some areas of the Fraser Valley uh, are getting rain, others getting freezing rain or even snow, Christy.
5: Thanks, Chris. You know, it's because the boundary line between the cold air from the interior and the warm air from the coast is right in the freezing in the Fraser Valley. So since the cold air is dense, it actually stays low to the ground. When the warm air moved in today, it was forced up and over that cold air. So it created a vertical profile that looked like this across the Fraser Valley. Areas furthest west saw just rain. The air above it was all warm. Meanwhile, the further east you went into the central Fraser Valley, the freezing rain and sleet was found. And that's where the rain higher up fell through a cold air near the ground, and it caused it to freeze. Then, the further east you went into the eastern sections, it became all snow. Now, this boundary layer actually started closer to Abbotsford this morning and has slowly been shifting east throughout the day. And we're getting reports of mainly rain in central sections right now, but Chris, there's still a risk of freezing rain in central and eastern sections right through until late evening.
0: All right, thanks very much, Christy. And uh, more weather details coming up a little later in the news hour. Right now, though, nearly a year after the city of Vancouver was mocked for the new, uh, the cost of a new logo, it's now scrapping plans for an upgrade to the upgrade. This is the logo the city is going to stick with. It's also the one that caused the backlash when the city changed its old logo dropping the flower to go with a simpler, cleaner look at a cost of $8,000. The city was going to hold a design competition for the rebrand, but has since decided not to, citing time and resources available in the council's remaining term. Victoria has become the first city in B.C. to ban plastic grocery bags. Businesses will now only be allowed to provide paper or reusable bags to customers if they ask for them. Those found in violation could face fines of up to $100 per offense. The bylaw comes into effect on July 1st. Another example of an expensive provincial IT project gone wrong, costing taxpayers millions of dollars. This time it involves the iHealth Records Project in Nanaimo. Keith Baldry has more on this, and Keith, the numbers really are staggering. A review has now been ordered to try to get this back on track.
3: Yeah, it's, it's a story we've heard time and again, Chris, in a number of areas of provincial government over the years. Uh, computer system glitches in the Ministry of, Health, Ministry of Education, the Children and Family Development Ministry. Uh, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars there. Also, in this case, in Nanaimo, with the electronic records uh, project, you can see the numbers are quite staggering. It was budgeted a little over $173 million, but already the cost overruns amount to more than $54 million, bringing the total cost, and this is not a final figure, $227.5 million that's a heck of a lot of money. This comes as a result partly of a squabble between doctors and administrators there over uh, how this system is supposed to run. It wasn't thought out uh, very well at the beginning. Adrian Dix, the health minister today, saying there's a lesson to be learned here. He's worried about other projects that have to be, uh, the government has to get a handle on pretty quickly. We have to change the way that we do business across government on IT projects. We've finally got to learn some lessons from the repeated failures of the previous government in IT, and that starts here, but that's uh, what we need to do. And Minister Dix has stripped the Vancouver Island Health Authority of any control over this project in Nanaimo. He's going to hire an outside mediator to try to get to the bottom of this, but Chris, I think it's a pretty safe bet to say that $227 million figure is by no means a final one. It's going to be substantially higher than that.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, thanks very much, Keith Baldry and Victoria. Right now, though, Uber is taking some heat again, this time in Calgary, after one of its drivers sent a customer an abusive email. As Global's Krista Dow reports, it was a misunderstanding that took an ugly turn. And a warning, some of the subject matter in this story is going to be disturbing.
9: So the first message that I received said, hey, you owe me $15.
12: Ashley Boston occasionally uses the ride-sharing app Uber. But last Saturday, an Uber ride she will never forget. On her way to her boyfriend's house in the Uber, she accidentally closed the app.
9: So I'd accidentally cancelled the ride. So he wasn't able to see like, where he was taking me any longer or anything like that. And I felt really badly.
12: So she e-transferred the driver $15 for the ride. But then...
9: Right before I was essentially about to leave, he was like, wait, why don't you give me a kiss before you leave? And I was, I was honestly appalled and disgusted.
12: And it gets worse. The next day, Boston realized her credit card was charged... So she canceled the e transfer. Then the driver sent her this profanity loaded message. In it, he repeatedly calls Boston names and says next time she should perform a sexual act on him. He also insults her mother and calls her father a junkie, adding, keep your $15 and get rich.
9: I think that he should definitely be fired. It's disgusting, it's degrading, it's outrageous, it's appalling. Like, I don't even, I'm speechless because I don't even know. I've, I don't even know what to even say.
12: In a statement, Uber says the experience reported here is unacceptable and is not tolerated on the app. It has removed the driver's access to Uber. The city of Calgary says the driver was suspended and will no longer be allowed to drive for any rideshare company.
2: The driver's license, which is issued by the city of Calgary to operate as a driver, has been revoked.
12: The main message is to stand up for yourself and to make sure that nobody ever treats you with Disrespect. The driver did not respond to our request for comment.
0: With sexual assault and the Me Too movement at the top of the headlines these days, the B.C. Lions took their ongoing campaign to fight violence against women to a Surrey secondary school. So you're probably thinking, ah, violence against women. What is that? I don't really see it. This doesn't really concern me. Lions players Raleigh Lambala and Craig Rose spoke to Kwantlen Park secondary students as part of the Lions Be More Than a, a Bystander program. One in three women will be physically or sexually assaulted in their lifetime. Unless we stop what's going on, one of those three women that you love and care for might be at risk. The Be More Than a Bystander program also includes interactive workshops and training for amateur football coaches. It's become the latest hot spot for the problem of homelessness in Metro Vancouver, a huge tent city along the Wally Strip in Surrey. Today, the provincial government announced $14 million worth of modular housing for the area. But as Jennifer Palmer reports, local businesses and even the homeless themselves don't think it's going to
11: solve the problem. At any time, about 140 people call 135A Street in Surrey home. Tents marking their spot, but soon many will move into new temporary modular housing.
1: It's cool that they're finally, you know, stepping in, giving us a hand. I don't think so. I think they're probably going to run it like a prison.
11: Here's what one of the sites will look like, this one, located at 13550 105 Avenue. The province says the temporary housing will be repurposed modular units so they can be set up more quickly. Just down the road at 10662 King George Boulevard, another site has been identified. A third remains unknown. This means making sure residents who live in these homes receive the vital services they need in a safe and secure environment and can be successful in their housing and in getting their lives back on track. The province is doling out around $13 million in capital costs and another million will go towards the operating budget to create 160 supportive housing units with round-the-clock staff. To give those individuals a dignified and secure place to live in. And second, to bring some semblance of normalcy back to the people who reside and work in this area... Frustration is rampant, not only among the homeless, but business owners like Paul Chen, who owns Centerline Auto Repair. He says last year alone, it cost him $30,000 in repairs and replacing stolen property.
12: Just a regular citizen, trying to make a living. So if this continues on next two years, I'll be one of them.
11: The temporary units will give way to 250 permanent affordable homes. The province is expecting the temporary housing to be ready early this spring. A public meeting takes place January 23rd. Jennifer Palma, Global News.
0: Canada's largest annual marijuana trade show is expected to attract thousands to Vancouver this weekend. And with legalization on the horizon, the tone of this year's Lift Cannabis Expo is taking on a decidedly bullish tone. Linda Ailsworth reports.
8: Canada's largest cannabis expo is opening in Vancouver's Trade and Convention Centre this weekend. Last year, 8,000 consumers attended. This year, 12,000 are expected. It's the kind of growth those in the industry are expecting to see a lot more when marijuana becomes legal sometime this summer.
4: We anticipate that our business is going to uh, explode.
8: Adam Greenblatt represents Canopy Growth, Canada's largest legal cannabis producer. They can already grow five million square feet of bud. That's equivalent to 100 football fields.
4: We're talking about bringing a multi-billion dollar industry that has existed only underground really out of the shadows and into the light and above board and into the into the formal economy
8: there are currently 230,000 legal medical marijuana consumers in this country after it becomes legal for recreational use
4: tomorrow's market it's estimated to be about four to five million people in the first year consuming cannabis legally so it's a pretty big jump
8: Globally, Canada's move to legalize cannabis is attracting more than attention.
3: We're starting to see Americans definitely making investments in Canada in our legal markets.
8: And while we can't export our product, we can share what we're learning blazing the trail for others.
3: We
4: are becoming an exporter of IP, and by that I mean the, the knowledge and the thought and the technology that goes behind essentially creating a brand new industry from scratch. So that's going to mean um, massive job creation. It's going to mean, um, the, it really means the creation of a brand new industry in Canada, and this, this is a historic moment.
8: Linda Aylesworth, Global News.
4: An
0: eleven-year-old Toronto girl has come forward to talk about being the victim in a frightening attack. Kuala Noman says she was walking to school this morning when a man with scissors cut her hijab twice. Very sad.
1: And I came to the school right away. I'm just so happy she's safe. What you're doing is really wrong. You should not act like this, and especially I'm a kid. I'm
6: grandma.
0: As a possible hate crime, the suspect is still on the loose. The backlash and withering criticism continue tonight over Donald Trump's alleged use of a vulgar expression to describe some countries and the people who live there. Trump issued something of a denial, while others are confirming the use of what most consider unprecedented language.
6: Mr. President, are you?
10: President Trump tonight ignoring questions as outrage grows after his vulgar insult calling African nations assholes while suggesting the U.S. should accept more people from places like Norway. This morning, the president tweeting a vague denial, conceding his words were tough, but saying this was not the language used. Democratic Senator Dick Durbin, who attended Thursday's Oval Office immigration meeting, insisting the president did use that word repeatedly. In the course of his comments, he said things which were hate-filled, vile, and racist. I cannot believe that in the history of the White House, in that Oval Office, any president has ever spoken the words that I personally heard our president speak yesterday president trump adding he didn't say anything derogatory about haitians but durbin says also not true that mr trump asked aloud do we need more haitians speaker paul ryan today delivering this muted rebuke first thing that came to my mind was very unfortunate um
2: unhelpful
6: you think you're going to negotiate and
10: maybe we'll agree and maybe we won't I mean, unhelpful you know, to a bipartisan effort to reach an immigration deal on this the anniversary of the 2010 haitian earthquake that left 300,000 dead condemnation from Haiti's ambassador. The stigma, the, the cliches, the stereotypes that revolves around Haiti, we say it got to stop. Anger echoed by Haitians in South Florida. To say something like that about other
7: country and other people, you should be ashamed.
10: The governments of Haiti, Botswana and Senegal summoning their U.S. ambassadors to clarify the president's remarks. The White House did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Consumer news and an urgent
0: recall from Ford tonight of pickup trucks with potentially deadly airbags. Ford is telling anyone who owns a 2006 Ford Ranger to stop driving it immediately. The automaker is recalling nearly 3,000 of the trucks, including 190 of them sold in Canada. That follows a second fatality involving a Takata airbag where the bag's inflator ruptured and killed the driver in a crash. In Health Matters Tonight, a British study says women who carry the breast cancer gene BRCA have the same chance of survival as women who don't. A British study of nearly 3,000 breast cancer patients under the age of 40 found that 12% had a BRCA gene mutation, which increases the risk of breast cancer. But they found that those patients had the same 10-year survival rate as women without the mutation. And they say that means BRCA carriers might not need immediate surgery after being diagnosed, as many do now.
12: One one stage one
0: An Australian right. reporter covering a cycling race gets a story she wasn't expecting coming up right after the forecast. Let's check in with Christy right now. We talked about some freezing rain earlier. Yes. How's the weekend looking?
5: <laughs> well, a big warm-up in store for us. So those are really the two things we're going to talk about. The freezing rain and when will the warm-up actually happen. So here's a look at the profile out there right now. Very cold, still across the north. It will be another day or two across these regions before you see the warm-up. But it will warm up by the end of the week for your area. Meanwhile, along the coast, we have that risk of freezing rain. So not only in the Fraser Valley, but the central coast and north coast also uh, that risk of freezing rain through the evening hours while we transition towards warmer air, that warm air moving in from the west. And we will see that transition tonight. So for those of you out in the Fraser Valley, we're mostly looking at rain across western sections. The boundary line I talked about earlier is still in the central region. So a risk of freezing rain in areas like Chilliwack, possibly sleet sleet as well and of course windy conditions and then the further east, snow. Right now they're reporting that in through the Hope area but we will see this push that warm air push across the region as we head towards the late evening hours. So even in Hope we're expecting rain for you through the overnight period. Just as a reminder though, through the evening hours, black ice driving tips for you. Keep steering your steering wheel straight. Do not brake and take your foot off the accelerator in order to slow down in Instead. Just a few tips for you. And if you're heading into East of Hope, so the coca and Allison Path, both expecting uh, significant freezing rain and snow tonight. So do not head out on those highways. Tomorrow afternoon will be much better. Rain across the coast, interior regions mostly dry, and that's across the southern interior as well. Majority of the snowfall really overnight tonight. But again, with that risk of freezing rain, rain tonight, rain tomorrow morning, dry tomorrow afternoon, and the day you have to look forward to. Is Sunday nice, balmy nine degrees. Rain again on Monday, but again, winter storm warning still in effect for the central and east parts of Fraser Valley, and that's what it produces.
0: Whew, that is a crazy picture. Yes. Neat. All right, thanks, Christy. A reporter at a cycling race in Australia is watching her video go worldwide after an unexpected calamity at the finish line.
12: Athletes will rest to prepare for. Our-
0: A little too much hay. (laughs) The truck with a little too much hay takes out the inflatable finish line arch. Luckily, the driver realizes realizes what's happening and stops. And the arch is still intact. Race officials managed to scramble out and get it back in place before the winner of the women's race crossed the finish line. And check this out: a lot of people would run the other way if they saw a four-meter python but luckily not Officer Joseph Cabrera in Pembroke Pines, Florida. When he got the call, he wrangled the snake under control and took it back to headquarters. A licensed snake handler took it away from there, but not before Cabrera and fellow officers got a picture.
5: Pretty not a chance. Not a chance, eh? That.
10: Vancouver International Boat Show and Global News Hour at 6 want you to win the Family Fishing Boat Contest. Watch Global News Hour at 6 each day for a code word to enter for your chance to win. Today's code word is Outboard.
0: All right, Squire's back with uh, sports, and yes. Torts is back in the building.
10: Well, he's not
2: in our building, he's in his well, that's building. That's right,
0: they're on the road. But that's
2: okay. My bad. You're right, though. Torts mm. is very much involved in this. Um, in fact, when you think about it, the Vancouver Canucks gave John Tortorella plenty of reasons to yell at them during his one season as head coach at Vancouver. Tonight, they were looking to give him a reason to yell again, but this time at the Columbus Blue Jackets. You see, Columbus lost last night to Buffalo, the second-worst team in the league. The Canucks are third-worst, so lose to them both, and Mount Tortorella will have a major eruption. Chris Tanev, full cage. So we so talked about that earlier in the week
6: because he... Uh,
2: had some of his teeth removed by vulcanized rubber in a recent game. He has to go this way. First goal, nice passing. Seth Jones, it's 1-0 for Columbus. I know what you're thinking. Oh, no, another one of these for the Canucks. But, look at this. Chris Tanev stopping Oliver Bjorkstrand, who had a chance to make it 2-0. Now the Canucks are on the power play. Gagne, Vanek, little back pass, Ben Berchik. It was a nice back pass. Gets a bit of a fortunate bounce here off a defenseman, off Harrington, right to Berchi, but just the same good idea. Worked out. 1-1. wide of
4: goal.
2: And then three straight goals by guys that don't often score goals, starting with the odd Eric Gabranson one-timer.
4: Okay,
2: it's not quite memories of Al McInnes, but it went to the back of the net anyways. It's 2-1. Then... Here's a long pass, a power play goal with well, Vanek with the back Vannick. pass again. Across. Brendan Gaunt with a stick Goals. he scored, although a breaking stick. stick, stick. And because the puck started going so slowly, but that's Brendan what fooled Bobrovsky. Well, so it's 3-1, to one. bit of a change goal up change there. Up so you they go from Gabranson to Gaunt. Who else will get a rare goal? How about Alex
4: Edler? Long shot yep. off and in.
2: Looked like it went off he Henrik Sedim, but upon skate. further review, it actually Tuck went off the Marcus Nudavara's skate.
4: And you talk
6: about, so okay,
2: four breaks, goals breaks, in the breaks, second in. In. for the Canucks. You now, make
6: your own now, got a
2: and bit, you bit tighter D- back, when Scott Harrington scored here to make it 4-2 to two in the third period. Shot, but you just kind of got a feeling the Canucks were getting some breaks in this game. Breaks they weren't getting last game in Washington. Check this out. In the face. Markstrom goes old school Johnny Bauer without the mask, shakes it off, makes a stop. There was an empty netter by Jake for Tannen. Speaking of rare goal scores, five-two Canucks finally win one on the road and finally win one in uh, 2017. Josh Donaldson, given a one-year contract today worth 23 million. Here he comes to score. That's six million more than he made last year. The Jays. By signing him today, avoided salary arbitration, and by giving him $23 million, that's a record for a player who was eligible for salary arbitration. He had 33 homers and 78 RBI last year, despite missing 49 games with a calf injury. They also signed today Aaron Sanchez, Aaron Luke, and Ezekiel Carrera to one-year deals. Well, usually, when your first-string quarterback goes down, your Super Bowl dreams become super nightmares. Just ask how Philadelphia fans feel about Nick Foles at quarterback instead of Carson Wentz. But in Minnesota, there is no anxiety, despite the fact the backup quarterback is running the offense, because Case Keenum has been brilliant since taking over from Sam Bradford in week number two. And just because this is now the playoffs, and just because the Vikings have a chance of being the home team in the Super Bowl this year, and no one's ever done that, Keenum is not feeling pressure to change his game and play more carefully. I don't have to be anybody but myself. Um, You
10: know, that's, you know, not... uh you know, more conservative or less conservative or, you know, either way, I'm, I'm going to be me. And uh, that's, uh, that's all I have to be. I've got a great squad in this room, um, you know, great offensive line, great receivers, running backs that uh, make some big plays, and uh, we got a great defense. So, um, you know, if I, uh, if I, you know, perform like uh, I know I can, I think, uh, I think it'll be good.
2: All right. Skating going on at UBC. Lauren Osman, Coquitlam, the double axle there. She is sixth place. Richmond, Sarah Tamara, who we featured yesterday, is third. Top three go to the Olympics. Leader is Ontario's Gabrielle Daleman. Lands a triple triple combination. Caitlin Osman is second right now. Both of those women won medals at last year's World Championships. Free skate will go tomorrow. And Comox's Cassie Sharp has just won gold in a half pipe event. In Colorado, she is now the World Cup's point leader in that discipline. Three wins this year, had the top score today in all three runs. Peaking at the right time, it sounds like. I know. There you go. Thank
0: you very much, Squire. Here's Jay Durant with a preview of Global News at 11. Jay?
2: Thanks very much, Chris. A special avalanche warning remains across parts of B.C. this weekend. Rescue teams have been getting prepared, and that will continue in the coming days by including training for dogs that assist the emergency crews. The Canadian Avalanche Rescue Dog Association will be conducting training at Revelstoke Mountain this week, and we'll show you the vital role these skilled canines play in the rescue efforts. That's coming up tonight at 11. All right, thanks, Jay. Squire? Uh, well, yeah, I, I said Lauren ospin I should have said Larkin-Ospin. There you go. There you go. My apologies. Correction of the day is not me for once. Thank, Thank you. you. I, uh, I'll take one for the team. Squ- base of 186 centimeters, 10 new centimeters at Grouse, and about 9 at Cypress, 19 at Sasquatch with a base of 245. Revelstoke, a base close to 180 centimeters, Manning Park 140 with 26 new, and Powder King, a base of 180. In the Thompson Okanagan, Big White, a base of 182, Silver Star 168, Sun Peaks close to 140,
10: and Apex 156.
5: Coming up on ET Canada, highlights and adorable moments from the Critics' Choice Awards. Plus, we go one-on-one with Mira Sorvino as she takes on Woody Allen and Harvey Weinstein. That is all coming up at 7, right after the News Hour, but for now... It's back to you, Chris.
2: All right. Thanks very much, Cheryl. Got the whole crew here for Satellite Debris. Mm-hmm. So the Olympics start uh, February 9th. They're in Pyeongchang, South Korea. Right now in Pyeongchang, it's almost noon. So right. they're 17 hours ahead of us, if our math is correct. Yeah, I and think we did it right. Paris, France, they are eight hours ahead in South Korea compared to Paris, France. So this commercial from French television shows how the Olympics are going to be early in the morning in France. And because of that... You may want to be quiet if little ones are sleeping in the house and you're watching the Olympics. Watch.
6: on the podium. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. My dreams come true. 230 km heure a la piste. Champion olympique. Yes, Stratosphérique. Champion olympique. Quel scénario incroyable. Yes, Yes. Yes. That's cool.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This one is leftover from Christmas. Uh, You showed it in a promotion Mm -hmm. uh, earlier, a promo. Uh, Audi, fighting for a parking spot at Christmas. Here we go.
6: i in the oh. air,
2: Aren't you Um, glad we survived it? Yes, indeed. (laughs) Uh, One last one. How beer can save the
1: world. That's what I've heard anyway. And wine. Okay, that too. Our world is in peril. War and pollution caused by oil and greed has pushed our planet to the brink. But there is hope. Brutrolium, biofuel made from beer, formulated from the yeast left over after we finish brewing DB export. Men, the world needs you to drink DB Export for peace, prosperity for the polar bears. The future is in your hands.
11: Hey, where are you going?
6: To save the world.
11: Well, what time are you going to be back?
1: Uh, about nine. Text if I'm going to be late. Drink DB Export. Save the entire world. <coughs>
5: Good excuse, Be- The best right? part about
2: that Audi commercial is when the guy thought about it for a second. Do I take the, the handicap yeah. spot? yeah. No, like, no I, I can't, can't do, do that. It. And you can't. Do-